Hello, and welcome to Talk to Tay Tuesdays. As always, thank you for spending five to seven minutes of your week with me, unless we have guests. And friends, today we have a great guest. But before we bring our guest in, I just want to say thank you to everyone that sent in your favorite folksy phrase. Uh, I got a lot of them and they were actually, they were pretty good. A lot of them were actually very, very good. And so the first one I'm going to share with you today actually comes from Miss Vicky, my mom. And her phrase is one that many of you probably have heard before. And it goes, nothing comes to sleepers but a dream. And what that basically means is, you know what? In life, there are a lot of people who talk about what they want to do. They say they want to do this or that. But it's, it, this statement means don't talk about it, be about it. So anyway, mom, thank you for your favorite folksy phrase. Now, talk to Tate Tuesday family. My guest today is my longtime friend, Woodrow Bailey. Uh, I call him Wood. Woodrow is a graduate of USC, a big time USC fan. Woodrow is one of the leading experts in Southern California and probably in the country on memorabilia. And he's an author. And what I'm really um, proud to say about Woodrow is that he contributes to feeding the homeless uh, twice a month uh, through his organization, Healing and Hope for the Homeless. And I can go on and on and on, but I'm bringing Woodrow in. Hey, Woodrow, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Tate. How you doing today? It's a pleasure to be on Talk to Tate Tuesday. Uh, I've never missed a podcast. I've listened to all of them. Well, man, I do appreciate you, Wood. So um, let's talk about memorabilia. Let's start there. And you might not even remember this. Okay, so about 20 years ago, maybe a little longer, you came to me when Kobe Bryant was a rookie. And at that time, Kobe wasn't even a starter for the Lakers. He was coming off the bench. He wasn't like the top, he wasn't a top 10 pick. And you came to me and you said, Tate, buy this rookie card. And you sold me two of them. And so... What is your process? What got you into memorabilia? Um, I know a lot of people think that they just go about anything is going to go up in value. But what do you do to make sure or, or to, to better your chances of finding something that's going to um, appreciate? Well, one of the things you have to do with memorabilia and collecting, the first thing I always tell people is therapeutic. You know, everybody's collection is different and they do it for different reasons. For me, it's, it's therapeutic for me. I've been doing, I've been collecting since I was a kid. When we were kids, we started collecting bottle caps when we were six or seven years old. And by the time in a year or two, I had a thousand bottle caps, all different types of soda. Then we started doing spinning tops, marbles, comic books, baseball cards, action figures. And then, you know, the life process came in the way. But what a funny story is, and when my uh, son was going to be born in 1995, uh, my wife gave my daughter a clock that she had when she was a kid. And she said, you don't have anything in case if we have a son. And I ran out into my garage. So I got these baseball cards I've had since I was a kid. And then I went to a uh, collector store called Beverly Hills Baseball Card Shop, a guy named Matt. And he told me these cars were pretty good. They were from the mid-1970s. And I got the bug again. And I started collecting everything, Tate. I, I have everything. You you pretty much name it, I have it. Well, you know what? I, I I get that, man. And the funny thing, I think I bought that Kobe Bryant card for like $3. I bought, and I thought that was a lot of money. $3 for this kid who's like the starter. And it's worth a whole, whole lot more. So uh, thank you, Wood, for uh, leading me into that investment. So thank you. Uh, like I said, I, I do everything and, you know, I probably have 
a hundred thousand sports cards in you know in my collection. You know, tons of Laker cards, of course. And you know my favorite teams are, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Dodgers, USC football, any USC sport. And then, the, and, you know, whatever version of Raiders you want to call it. Oakland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Raiders. That's my <laughs> teams. I never vary from it, as you well know, Tate. Great. Now, well, we also mentioned that you have your organization, Healing and Hope for the homeless. And I don't, I don't tell people about this, but I am kind of one of the founders of that organization. So, uh, I've told a few people and they believe me or don't, they don't believe me, but talk about your organization and what you guys do and your, your mission. Well, our mission statement for healing and hope for homeless is to feed the disenfranchised in South Los Angeles. Uh, the three of us that started it yourself, Vincent Lowe and myself, when we started talking about this, our original concept was United Christian Men, and it evolved into healing and hope for homeless from there. And our original concept, as you well know, take we were going in our pockets buying, you know, products to go feed people downtown at first. We were doing sandwiches, fruit, and water. And then in around 2006, we decided to turn it into a 501c3. So we went through the process of the 501c3. We got with the USDA, the Department of Agriculture, United States Department of Agriculture, and decided to start getting uh, groceries and food products from them. We've been doing that for the past 15 years. The organization is 22 years old. And like I said, our general mission is to give everybody an opportunity in South Los Angeles to come get groceries. We don't just hand out small boxes either, as you well know, Tate. We make sure it's everything in there. Meat, vegetables, canned goods, grains. You can survive a couple of weeks off of one of our boxes now. And also you do hygiene products. We do hygiene products. We've done socks. We've done towels. Anything that we've been able to access to cleaning products, we've given it to the community. And that's our whole focus, to help the disenfranchised. Uh, South Los Angeles and some areas just don't get the services they should be getting. So we figure we take it upon ourselves at Healing Hope for Homeless to step up and be that bridge for people to get services. The, you know, the people that come out always tell us, I needed this. You're a stopgap or whatever monetary things I'm going to get were a stopgap form. And, and that's a good feeling right there for our organization to continue to be able to do that. We're out there every first and third Saturday on the corner of Gage and Normandy, whether it be 100 degrees, pouring down rain, any type of condition, we don't miss it. Right. So right. We, just under, we just understand what the community needs. And let me tell you something, would you, Vincent, much appreciated. You got some good brothers. Thank you for doing that. So, you are a renaissance man. We talked about your collectibles. We've talked about you feeding the homeless. Now let's get into your book. You've written a book. You're an author now. So let's talk about your book. What's the name of the book? And what is the book about? Uh, the name of the book is Freedom. Uh, free, freedom is the documentation of the misrepresented. That's the basic premise of the book. Uh, it, it covers a lot of things. Those those people that don't have a choice or a voice in the community, the person that you see struggling on the street corner, the person that's on a, par, uh, on a bench, those other individuals that are having other ish, physical or mental issues, this is what my book basically covers. It also covers the plight of our ancestors, a documentation of what some of the things they went through. And I, you know, I have the book ready. I'm waiting on a, uh, a press to pick it up. 
and hopefully within a year's time or so it'll be going out onto the open market and uh, it's my first book and uh, it's part of the anthem series of books I want to do I have you know nine projects ready to go to talk about those things I just mentioned our ancestors the documentation the misrepresented and those type of things is what my first book freedom features oh thank you so much wood we definitely will be looking for that book to come out I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to read it no doubt I know a lot of people in the audience will will pick that up so um a couple more questions. Number one, you are probably the biggest USC fan that I know. You actually go to the scrimmages. You go to photo day. So I guess my question would is, what is the team going to look like this year? You know, I'm always confident that we're going to do well. We've got tons of talent. You know, we brought in an assemblage of talent, I think, is national championship level. And I'm always an optimist. You know, some people will, bat, you know, will say this and that. No, I'm always going to stick with USC. Uh, most people say, how do you even get, get into what USC is? I'll tell you one quick story. Uh, Anthony Davis, one of the all-time great players, came to our elementary school and played Santa Claus when I was in sixth grade. And he had oranges and apples. And then I saw that Notre Dame game he had when he scored the four touchdowns. Right, right. And I said, man, I want to go to that school where he, where he's going to. And then all those legends before and after I start, you know, just soaking up what these, what these men had done on the field, whatever sport it was. And I mean, USC seemed like it was a pipe dream for most of us in our neighborhood. The first time I even went up there, I think I was 13, 14 years old and walked around the campus. And I always tell people, you have some type of dream or something that you want to do, put that in your mind to get there. So I spent the next six years in junior high and high school. How am I going to get to this school? I used to tell every teacher, I'm going, I want to go to, I'm going to USC. And they're like, why are you telling me that now? You're the seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, 10th grade. You know, what are you telling me that for? Because that's where I want to go. I want you to know what I'm going to do because I have that goal in mind. And, you know, thanks to God's blessings, I was able to walk on campus 40 years ago. In September of 1981, I walked on that campus as a freshman, four years, probably the building block of, you know, my lifetime, those four years and the friendships and the lessons and the education I got there. And as the saying goes, you're a Trojan for life. That's right. And you know what, Wood? You and I, we're friends for life. We've been on each other beyond that. Beyond USC, we've been on each other. So, man, I just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast today. You're an incredible person. You're a renaissance man. And uh, you know what? We're going to go look at your collectibles right now. Sure <laughs> and uh, hey, I just want to tell everyone that enjoy your week. Today's song comes from the artist Sting. And the words go like this. I spend my days on the beach in the search for dry wood. Friends, I'll see you next Tuesday.